Hello and welcome to For the Love of Merlin. I'm Sonia and with me is my co-host Mila. Hi Mila. Hello. This is episode 35. Love in the time of dragons and probably cholera. <laughs> probably. Probably. I agree. You'd have to guess that there was cholera. They have worse things. <laughs> they, they've had worse. They have the plague. <laughs> yes. Today's synopsis is Merlin is forced to tell Gaius about the evil intent of Alice, his recently returned former love, after learning she's under a manticore's influence. I'm so glad you don't read these before you watch it because that's like <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> Literally the whole episode. This is a very Gaius episode. It is a very Gaius episode. I don't know. I'm watching this entire episode and I don't know why I thought last week when I when we talked about the next week on Merlin, I thought this was Gaia's sister. Did I say that? You did. I was going to bring that. Uh, you, you got to my point before me. <laughs> I was, was like, going to be like, that information. <laughs> well, he was just happy to see someone he knew. You had no context. I mean, even Merlin doesn't know what they are. When It's not like she kisses him passionately when they see each other. Why couldn't she be his sister? That's true. I don't know. Watching this entire episode, I'm like, I feel like I said that this was his sister. And I, I don't know. I made up that information in my head. It's okay. It's, it's forgivable because I don't know that it's obvious until he says it out loud. They're not making out or anything. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like when they talk the first time that they meet, I kind of figured that that wasn't his sister. I'm not saying it's not romantic feeling, but it's not like... It's like they made out and you were like in the preview and you're like, that's his sister. <laughs> Ew, no. You saw her for like two seconds. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I love Gaius. It's just a very hard episode for me because I find it so sad to see a rift between him and Merlin. It's sad. I do get a little aggravated at the end. I have to tell you. <laughs> because I'm like, come on. I get super frustrated when Merlin's homeless. And I'm like, how? <laughs> Just sitting on the curb. That's terrible. <laughs> that like that's, that's super upsetting to me. That scene is upsetting. It's super upsetting. I don't, I don't like that. But the rest of the episode is, is not frustrating. But that, if we're used to Uther being the one who turns a blind eye to somebody who's obviously the bad guy. But it, it could happen to anyone. This is a typical realistic storyline about how you overlook the flaws of people that you love right it's all fun and games until comes around somebody that you love and they do something wrong and then you're there to defend them all the way yeah yeah we all do it i think you know it would be hard to find a person maybe a person wouldn't admit that they've done it but i can't imagine a person who hasn't just turned a blind eye to someone's obviously shitty behavior. <laughs> but I love them, so they have to be good. <laughs> I totally agree. I'm guilty of that for sure. Oh, same. You know, it's just, it's human nature. So I get it. Eddie Marson plays the manticore. The manticore is very ugly. Look, when that thing started talking, I was like, you talk? This is horrifying. <laughs> I don't want to hear this. It's so bad. It was disgusting. <laughs> Not that's bad, like not the acting or anything. It's just so weird. They did a good job with the weirdness of this monster. Let me tell you, on the weirdness scale, this is maybe the second weirdest thing ever on Merlin. Have I seen the first? Nope. 
Uh, I knew it. <laughs> Somehow I knew that I hadn't seen the first. I frankly can't wait till we get to the first because uh, I have so many questions about somebody else seeing it for the first time and being like, so what do you think? <laughs> but uh, super fans of Merlin will be like, I think I know what she's talking about. It's It's later on in Merlin. It's way later on in Merlin. Somehow I don't think that I'm looking forward to that. It's not ugly. It's just like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> you take another second looking at the thing to like try to figure it out. Look, we'll come to a real conversation that day about my beliefs about what exists in this world and the Camelot world. Anyway, also Pauline Collins plays Alice. You know what? This is what an actor that I feel like I'm ignorant must be really well known in the UK. And I don't know that. I'm just guessing. I have a feeling. You know what I mean? I do have a feeling, too. Because she's terrific. Oh, my God. She's really good. She made me cry at the end. Aww. It was upsetting. Well, then let's get started because she's our visitor to Camelot this week. She's the first one to show up on the screen. What's, what's a Merlin episode without a visitor to Camelot? Really? <laughs> have we had... Um, we've had a bingo square that is a visitor arrives in Camelot, haven't we? I think that's been since the first one. Since the first... Right. Right. Okay. Good. I played Merlin Bingo for this episode. I had to use the second season bingo board because as we record this, I haven't released the third one yet. So it was a little harder to get bingo because there are things that are just season by season for this show you know just like nuances there is no dragon time really this season there's there's dragon lord time but it's different i feel like it's different sad a little bit i feel like this is an episode where i was like oh merlin really needs a dragon right now but he figures out all on his own well we'll talk about it later let's just get into it (laughs) she shows up with this thing it's awful you know another visitor to camelot with magic of course my notes are very similar in the beginning. I said, a lady arrives to Camelot and a monster. What's new? <laughs> yeah, she did that my pretty thing, which kind of insinuates that she's evil, right? You don't really know she's under a spell at that point. Yeah, I I was very confused about that throughout the whole episode because it was never really clear. It was never really clear until the very end. I don't even think it's clear in the end. I think we're supposed to think that she's been under its control or influence the entire time. But she does kind of admit at the end that she was trying to use it for good. So she was at some point working with the manticore of her own volition. Right. I'm not sure that that's the most clearly written thing in this episode, but that's okay. You know, that happens. I agree. Yeah, totally creepy when she says that. And we go to court. It's such a weird little episode in the sense of there's so little of everybody. It's a very guest star plus Gaius episode and then Merlin. (laughs) There's zero Gwen and Morgana. Zero. We don't see them once. We barely see Uther and Arthur. In this scene, I just laugh because, of course, Uther can't even admit that this is a good side of magic. Miracle cures. This is bad. People are, like, not sick anymore. I think it's okay. Isn't it? Miracle cures must be bad. So, yeah, they go to the tavern, which I guess we've seen because of Gwen. But have we seen the exterior much? Not really. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the sign outside says the rising sun or rising sun. I think so. It's adorable. They go check up on the tavern and it's obviously magic. Even to us, it's obviously magic. Yes. It's so funny because Merlin's just super annoyed at everything about Uther at this point. He uses it to cure his family. And that's kind of the point, right? Right. And I love that he points out it's like he's such a hypocrite. I'm like, yes. Yes, he is. Well done. Yeah. 
We're all in agreement. <sighs> so, so frustrating. The prop of the crystals is so pretty. You know me. You know I saw those crystals. It is so nice. I own a few crystals. <laughs> just, just a few, guys. Hashtag not. It is a gazillion. I don't even want to talk about how many I travel with. It's an illness. It's, it's not an illness. It's a, I definitely pack my crystals to go places. Just say not all of them, but a few. It's like a jewelry. You pack a few. You'd need a separate suitcase to pack all of your crystals every time that you go traveling. I feel like I did a, a video or a photo of that when I was moving last time, like of all the packing of all the crystals. It was a significant amount of crystals let's just say that it is a significant amount of crystals so i was looking at that chime being like hey it's so pretty it's so pretty should i make myself one of these yes yes it is so pretty it's a nice little prop and gaius i guess you know you knew that he was gonna be happy to see someone because the next week on merlin clips are always so spoilery but i don't know i feel like you wouldn't know what's up with him just yet because Merlin doesn't know. He's obviously confused because he goes to Uther and lies. Merlin just thinks, oh, that was a nice thing you did. You're being nice. You're trying to save the innkeeper from Uther. So, hey, that's a nice thing. It's nice of you. I mean, this is what I, I'm already a little frustrated here because I'm like, he tries to gaslight Merlin. I know. It annoys me when people do that. I'm like, look at my face. I clearly know what's going on. Please just tell me. And then like denies him food. I was like, hey. <laughs> unbelievable unbelievable this is an episode where merlin does not sleep you know what's new but this is an episode where merlin does not eat that is true even misses dinner time with gaios and merlin once and i'm really sad yeah has anyone been feeding the boy <laughs> i'm worried about him plus you get like smashed by arthur in every occasion in this episode like you're training really hard you're homeless for half of the episode you don't eat you don't sleep. How are you even alive? I don't know. Magic is just keeping him alive. That's what I was going to say. He doesn't get to sleep because he basically gets a scent to bed without dinner, right? Yes. Although, let's face it, it's Merlin. He could magically sneak food if he wanted to. That's true. Gaius sucks at being Snoopy, Gaius, because he wakes him up from the other room. He has the easy way out. He doesn't have to get past anybody. I love the little detail that Merlin fell asleep reading a magic book. Yes. I was like, oh, he was studying really hard. Even when he's tired, he was studying really hard before bed. That's why he's getting better. Warms my heart. He follows him and we get Snoopy Merlin, of course. This is kind of where you get the whole, oh, like, I'm happy to see you. But when he leaves, you get the music changes. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. We get the evil plan. Which is so shitty because she doesn't seem to want to do it, but she's like, I guess we're going to condemn Gaius. We don't know exactly what they're going to do, but you can kind of guess at this point. Well, you can kind of guess that they're after. First of all, she, at this point, we know that she does magic. Mm -hmm. Gaius tells her that it's not safe for you here, so it's clearly her who's doing the magic for the innkeeper and for the other villages around. She says healing is her only gift. Then Gaius leaves. The thing starts talking. It really freaks me out. I don't like it. <laughs> I really didn't think he was going to talk. <laughs> I love how upset you are about this. It's actually upsetting you on a deep level. I'm crying. I really didn't think he was going to talk. I was like, what the fuck? This thing talks. Anyways, so 
they review the plan. It really seems like she doesn't want to do it. And I'm like, why do you keep doing it then? I don't understand it. You know, I don't want to harp on the writers ever, but it is hard to understand. It's hard to understand that she might be under its control to a degree where even though she doesn't want to, she does it. So my personal opinion is that the black eyes should have been introduced right here in this talk. While she's talking, while he's talking to her, her eyes should have turned, could have turned black. And then we would know for sure that she's under his spell. I agree. I'm curious about why that wasn't the choice, because we don't see her eyes turn black until after she's done it. When she's protesting in the dungeon, sidebar, I was talking to someone about another show that I won't name yesterday. Mystery. A mystery. Basically, my overarching opinion about that show was that when you write fantasy, it's really important to set up your rules for your universe, how things work, because if you don't, everything's confusing and then you never stay within parameters and then it's a mess. And I think Merlin stays within its rules. It's just that's what's missing here, right? The rule of when she's resisting later, the black eyes take over. So what's the difference now? Because she's resisting now. Is it because he's there physically to yell at her? That's the confusing thing. The rules are unclear in this episode, so it makes the parameters of what's happening to her unclear. That's what's happening is like a little bit of lack of the rules of the universe are missing a little bit here. I completely agree. I really felt, especially because the ice came at the end, I'm like, where were you guys in the beginning of this episode to explain this whole thing to us? It's also hard to understand because Uther has his eyes turned black because he's dying, but she has her eyes turned black for a different reason. So that's also confusing because she hasn't been poisoned. She's been influenced. And then it makes me think, like maybe he stung her at some point when she was trying to work with him in magic and, but wouldn't she die? I, uh, yeah, it is confusing. The whole thing is confusing for me too. I mean, you understand the story and the, and the purpose of the entire episode by the end, but this part is particularly confusing. Yeah, I think it works as a story. I just think this this aspect of the manticore and how the manticore works wasn't set up with very clear rules. And that's what happens. You get kind of lost in like, we can do whatever. That's the problem with not having rules in fantasy is that you can do whatever, but then it's just a jumble of stuff that happens. So it's not clear whether he stung her a little bit so she wouldn't die just to control her or whether the way she was working with him quote, working with him in the beginning was to dose herself a little bit. Right. We don't know what's going on. It's okay because it's a rather simple story, so it's fine. But if it was a whole season of that, you'd be like, what? (laughs) Yeah, we're picking it apart because this is what this podcast is about. Because we're going episode by episode. Honestly, that would never get mentioned if we were just talking about the show as a whole. That's why the other show that shall remain nameless, that was like an entire show right and I'm like well this is what happens when an entire show it's a mess because an entire show didn't have rules the idea that you can do anything sounds exciting until you realize that it's a messy yeah I agree anyway it's fine we'll move on she's after Uther which like can you blame her I cannot blame her when Gaius goes home he's going through his you know little memory box I guess and I'm obsessed with this letter he opens from her that is closed with a ribbon. I'm literally going to do that. I rewound it and looked at it so I could figure out how they did it. Not that it's complicated, but if you just look at it really quickly, you don't realize how it's tied. Also an object I love, ribbons. I do have a lot of ribbons. It is beautiful. The handwriting is so great. Props. Props. 
it's a good skill to have calligraphy handwriting if you're in the art department. I guess they must have that, right? Oh my god, it's a to me is a dream. I love calligraphy. I mean, I'm training, but it's harder than it looks. It really is difficult because it takes a lot of practice. It looks hard, but it's even harder when you try to do it. Oh yeah, because you think like, oh, it's writing pretty. No, it's really like a. It's a muscle training. It is. To get your hand to do that. Yeah. Especially if you use one of those like brush pens that you use it with ink, you have to like apply pressure in certain parts of the letter to make the line thicker and then just use the very tip of your brush to make it thinner. It's just, it's, I really appreciate people who know how to do that because it's so beautiful and it takes a lot of training. My favorite is someone on Instagram. I don't remember their handle, but they use one of those pens that's like got a straight edge. <gasps> yes. It's incredible. I'm just like convinced I could never really. I don't have the patience to learn that, I don't think. I watch calligraphy videos all the time for like 30 minutes straight. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the writing is beautiful. And it says, "My to my beloved Gaius. So, you know, like whether you didn't, whether you didn't get the romantic hint through their talking like that's the that's that's there in writing and a lock of hair right I was gonna say I don't think your sister would give you her hair this would be kind of weird never sure whether that's nice or so so creepy oh I've given my hair to people yeah is it creepy (laughs) for some people I don't know if it would be let's say I have a family member who hates nothing more than finding hair can't have pets because they hate hair and I feel like if you gave it to them, they'd be like, no, thank you. <laughs> it's a particular present for a particular type of person. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I wouldn't like it. But yeah, in the morning, Gaius gets kind of uh, questioned by judging Merlin. <laughs> I love it. His posture, the tone, the right. I've never seen Merlin like lay back, watch someone do stuff. <laughs> the sass. The sass first thing in the morning is just out of control. It is. And I love the way Richard Wilson says, you followed me. How dare you? Like, it's not even angry. It's like, <gasps> somebody knows. Really, Gaius? That's basically his number one free time activity. Specialty. <laughs> More than magic, Merlin just follows people. <laughs> number one specialty around. I don't know if you know this. There's a compilation of Tom Cruise running in movies. No. It's very long. Because he runs a lot. I believe it. Yeah. It's actually pretty great. And also, I'm not sure if it's real or imagined in my head, but it feels like, because it's chronological, it feels like he got faster as he got older. (laughs) Maybe he's just pushing harder. That is amazing. I'm going to have to watch this. Okay, you watch it, but it's long. (laughs) I'm getting to a point. Well, I'm going to fast forward. Clearly. But... That's like if you made a compilation of Merlin spying in every single episode, I think it'd be like equally as long. As long. But uh, Gaius, you're surprised. First of all, you made a shit ton of noise while you were leaving the house. I can't even blame him for following you because like, where the hell are you going? Yes, you're an old man. What are you doing? And you've been acting shady all freaking day. That's true. Merlin knew that something was up. You tried to gaslight him. You sent him to bed without dinner. Like, what is wrong with you? Super defensive guys in this whole episode. I love that he's just like, what's her name? There's a lot of the stretched vowels, like a child just having fun. Yes. I mean, this is where you find out he, he was actually engaged to her, which is a huge deal. It is huge, obviously. 
Uther managed to ruin that too. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Merlin is just excited that magic was involved. I know. (laughs) His face lights up. It's so cute. It's so sweet. It's very sweet. Magic. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's kind of a bummer of an episode in that way because I I feel like Merlin would have really liked to learn some stuff from her. Yeah, I know. And like talked about how they worked together in the past, maybe. It's just sad that none of that gets to actually happen. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of, you never really think about it if you're just casually watching, but this would be a great person to teach Merlin some great stuff. Because Merlin is getting really powerful and we've been told he's the most powerful, even though he doesn't appear so a lot of the time. But I don't think we've seen any particular skill on his part for healing. It's not one of his best. Right categories of magical use you know she's the best she's the best at healing Merlin is not so he could have learned some cool stuff because he's gotten in a couple spots where he couldn't heal someone yeah I was gonna say that we've seen a few times where he tried to heal even Arthur and he just couldn't and somebody else had to come on his rescue and use other magic to heal people so yeah when we had the crystal cave episode when Taliesin stepped in like it would have been cool for Merlin to learn some of that stuff because it's really not his forte And it kind of doesn't need to be because he kind of leans on Gaius as the crutch for healing through his work. So I think maybe other things become more pressing. What's really important here in the scheme of Gaius is that we get this sentence from him of, I was scared, I felt I had no choice. And this kind of relates back to a lot of stuff we've heard about the Purge and we're like, how could he... And this is some interesting insight to why he made the decisions he made back then. I mean, this is why I like Gaius, although I despise that he sat down and saw everyone get killed. I mean, it's not a good excuse. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm scared of dying. I would have tried to survive. It's so hard when I think about that. I'm like, I don't know what I would do in that situation. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's interesting that this is the first time we get some insight into his emotional state when he made those decisions. Yes. Not just, oh, he did this, so Gaius must suck. I know people have mixed feelings about Gaius because he's done that, but I felt I had no choice as a very human thing to go through as well, thinking that you don't have an option. Yes. So I just thought that was fascinating because that probably was the biggest bit of personal exposition I got in the whole episode, even though there's like a big romantic story about his life because we've never seen Gaius with anyone. There's a reason he's not married. And he doesn't talk that much about that time and what happened and how that really unfolded. We know that the purge happened, but we don't know how that affected Gaius and what was, like you said, like what was his state of mind when that was happening. Right. And we also never really quite understood why he stayed. Hey, why don't you just peace out and run away? Yes. It's interesting to get the motivation behind why he did the things he did. And why he's still there doing that stuff. Although we've been annoyed at him for sticking up for Uther before. So I'm like, you do know he's bad. You protected her. Yes. That's annoying. This is how I reacted to the next scene. I was like, oh, hi, Arthur. (laughs) So now we're using Merlin for things that could be done by like anyone. That could be a stick. (laughs) That could be a piece of wood. That's what I wrote. That could just be a piece of wood with a hoop on top. How about that? 
Like it is in every training exercise for everyone who does that ever in anything. How revolutionary that idea is. <laughs> it was funny though. It was funny. I feel like, I don't know how they did that. Because they had the close-up of him. They had a horse ride by. I guess not that fast. Maybe they sped it up. Yes, maybe it was slow and they sped it up. Yeah, I'm not sure. Because that's definitely him there. <laughs> and that's definitely scary. It wasn't like season two, episode one, where he's using him for steps. I thought it was amusing that he was, I need to, I need you to like be my target practice. <laughs> I mean... That step thing was just humiliating. This is more like, I want you to train with me. You have to be be part of my training with your body. Isn't there some like a squire somewhere? Why are there no squires in Camelot? Who knows? Isn't that like a normal part of the medieval style society? In my books, yes. But here, no. I have actually... Often pon I never thought we'd discuss it in this episode, but I've often pondered that while watching the show, like why he's never upgraded from he's my servant, like he washes my clothes, to he's my squire. Like he's my sidekick. Right. I think because they just want him to have the bigger role later. I'm I'm looking into the future of this series here and is speculating. <laughs> You mean the, um, you're speculating on the, the court sorcerer role? Correct. Got it. I won't <laughs> say anything or look at you. Um, Sonia's not even looking at me. She's looking <laughs> down her notes, and that's that's what it is. It's the best way to have a uh, poker face and not make eye contact, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just like, I'm just a bit tired. And you think Arthur is going to take pity on him? I For a second, I was like, oh, that's nice. I was like, oh. I, I believed it. I believed it. As Merlin believed it, I did too. I got tricked in the scene. Bradley plays it very well. It's very sincere. Like, oh, it's okay. So good. Giant mallet. Maybe this will perk you up. It's like great. It's like a sledgehammer. It's like a cartoon size Acme sledgehammer. It really is. Like, how would you even lift that? I loved it. I don't even know. I love it. I love the fake out. I really do. It's, it does crack me up. But yeah, poor tired Merlin comes home to uh, lose his entire bedroom to Alice. She had a room somewhere. Also, guys, go stay in the bedroom with her and then at least Merlin can have like your bed. Yeah. No. I love that the spare bed is like a mat on the floor. It's not, it's not a bed. The spare, right. Right. Because it's like, oh, take the spare bed. The spare bed is the floor. The floor. On the corner. <laughs> That's it. Some hay, some hay in the floor. He gets woken up again. And then it's like Snoopy Merlin time at home. This is another interesting decision where I thought the manticore saw him. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. And then nothing happens with it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> this episode is a little confusing. Yeah. It's not a bad episode. It's just there are moments where I'm like, wait, what? Why didn't anything happen with that? <laughs> Right. It was like they introduced an idea and then they dropped it right after. Didn't he just like hiss at the door? Wouldn't you go look at who was <laughs> like Merlin doesn't even run away. He just like sits there <laughs> in shock. In shock. Then right after this, we get a full moon. There's two full moons in this episode. Did you see that? I made a note. There's two. I think it's gotten so obvious that I've stopped even tracking it in my brain. I'm like, it's a full moon. I don't even look at the moon because I'm like, it's full. 
I think if a crescent moon appeared in this show, I would at this point be like, oh my God, (laughs) the world is ending. We would like have an entire podcast about that. About what do they mean by change the moon? What does he mean? It must be the apocalypse. (laughs) It would be deeply upsetting if all of a sudden there was a shot of the castle and a crescent moon and you'd be like, "Uh uh-oh. Something's wrong. We'd have like a half hour conversation in the podcast about whether it's a continuity error. It's true. Something that gets pointed out, I think it's Katie McGrath who points it out a lot in commentaries, is that when they do the wide shots of Camelot, whether during the day or during the night, which we both know is like different colorations of the same shot probably, the flags are always blowing the same direction. So the wind, she always says like the wind is always going the same way in Camelot. It doesn't change. Interesting. The environment of Camelot is very stable. All <laughs> kinds of weird nature happenings in Camelot. Like mysterious nature there. But yeah, poor Merlin doesn't sleep again. The next day in town, he does try to tell Gaius. He's surprisingly adult about everything, right? In this episode, like he's left to be the grown-up. Only option is to have a conversation, right? Just tell the person who needs to know. I hate to tell you because you like her, but... Any chance Alice used dark magic? And Gaia says yes for a second. He said that that's left behind. That's behind. I'm like, maybe it's now. It's also interesting because we don't often get that distinction in this show. Talking about dark magic. That is true. To which point, like, if that's what we were trying to get rid of, well, maybe people who are using dark magic should go in the dungeon because that's bad. It's in the title. (laughs) Yes, but for Uther, any magic is bad magic. So, right, we don't often differentiate because we never really call it that when Nimue was coming around because she was just using magic. But then there's like a dark magic as well. There's badly using magic. Right. And I, I think it's important that we hear Merlin making that distinction in his head because he knows because he uses his magic for good. He knows that there's people who use magic for bad. Yeah. And it sounds like this is more than just that. Oh, there's magic being used for good or bad and then there's dark magic which you can only use for bad like the manticore is dark magic right but yeah he doesn't believe him and i just i don't like it i'm upset (laughs) i don't like it either i do like that without the dragon around the solution is to go to the library you know how i feel about libraries i'm always happy to see jeff you know i love the scene i love the scene can i help you no (laughs) yes no you can actually I love the delivery. I love everything. Like, it's such a small scene and it doesn't mean much, but I just love the delivery. I love it. I love it. So good. Simple things done right often turn out to be the best things about an episode. We like seeing Jeffrey of Monmouth. It's a good recurring character. And, you know, we have the meanwhile Alice is helping with Uther's meds and we're like, okay, this is bad. We know what the exact plan is now. Bad things are about to happen. Right. All that just to say, Merlin goes to the library at night, which I love. I can't even deal with it. No way. He says, now go back to sleep. <laughs> he starts with an uh. <laughs> Jeff is because he doesn't know what to say. He, he starts with uh because he just doesn't know what to say. He, he, he started this without a clear plan. He didn't know what his goal was. He didn't know what to do. He's like, um, let's see if this works. I had to rewind it because the delivery of that line and the tone in which he goes, Oh, now go back to sleep. <laughs> like, actually cracked me up. And Jeff's face is so good. So good. I loved it. 
I love, I have, I literally wrote in my notes, I love this and put a heart (laughs) because this scene is great. Both the scenes on the library are great. Yeah, they're a couple of my favorite of the episode just because I like the setting. I like the character of Jeffrey of Monmouth never disappoints me. It's I'm always happy to see him. And I'm happy that they keep bringing Michael Cronin back to do it because I'm just it's a nice addition. It's kind of like the world building that I like. I'm really into just a really well built world. Yeah. I feel like we live somewhere and we know these people and there's a structure to things. And he's just funny. And the interactions he has with Merlin are funny. Yes. And we know that he's more than just a librarian. Like he officiates weddings. He is an important person in in the castle. So I'm always glad to see him. It was also, I don't know if we've discussed this on the podcast. It was, it was a super interesting decision to put the character in there because Jeffrey of Monmouth is the historical writer where the kind of the origin of the Arthurian tale lies. Right. It's nice to see him. And I can never, ever get over the delivery of that line. It just will forever make me laugh. <laughs> but he's just going to pull an all-nighter and sleep in the library. Not sleep in the library, just live in the library for the night. Back at the castle, we have another like frustrating Merlin Gaia scene where Merlin basically calls him out. This is grown-up Merlin being like, you're blinded by your feelings. This scene for me is so well acted because they are both hurt. They're both very hurt. Merlin's very hurt that Gaius doesn't believe him. And Gaius is genuinely hurt that he thinks that Merlin is not happy for him. Yeah, it's interesting because, again, you'd have to you'd have to rely on the, the psychology of, okay, he's just in denial. He doesn't want to hear it. He has to make up a story in his head because that's not Merlin. It's hard to square the Merlin character with this this idea that that's what he thinks is happening. Yes, and it doesn't help that Alice says to Gaius that Merlin is probably jealous when he goes back home because it's like, oh, he's had it, he's had you all for himself so far, so now he has to share you with somebody else. And I'm like, that's not helping. It's not helping. This might be when I like her the least of the entire episode because it's one thing like framing Gaius for killing the king, which is horrifying because he's going to get sentenced to death but this is somehow worse because it's an emotional betrayal coming between Gaius and his adopted son why are you doing that was this a necessary part of the plan to kill Uther to like also hurt him emotionally also lady you just got here you don't know anything who are you (sighs) yeah I wrote Alice says he's jealous f you Alice f you (laughs) that's how I feel about it we're back to training with Arthur and I love this. I love I love the turnaround, right? Like th- this is the second time it's happening. We've gotten the fake out the first time. So what happens here is like we get the reluctant, emotionally open Arthur who does care because he's this has happened before. Like, why are you sad? He doesn't want Merlin to be sad, but he also doesn't know what to do about it. <laughs> he doesn't know how to fix it. He's very lost. And I think his way to fix it is to threaten Merlin. It's like, if you don't tell me. I'm going to make you hold that hoop again. Yeah. And then he, I mean, he punches him in the arm, which is like, we've seen that. People do that, right? But it was just such a funny thing because he's like, well, it works with the knights. I just love when he's like, well, they're thick, aren't they? (laughs) I'm a knight. He's like, well, then. There you go, then. (laughs) So sassy. But I love how astonished 
Merlin looks when he's like, how is punching me in the arm is going to make me feel better? Like, where did you get this idea? I love that. It's like, that's what the knights do. Like, this is, they're all emotionally closed off like Arthur. They're all like dudes. They're just like all the, they're the jocks, right? Yes. They're the jocks of Camelot and they all have to just like punch each other in the arm and be bros when someone's not feeling great. But this scene is just for me, just a moment of levity because it's oh here's our two best friends who are kind of always there and it's always nice to have the bicker banter relationship happen when alice is doing something terrible and we're like i hate you and then we're like oh someone's being nice to merlin but also merlin be like your father doesn't kick you out of the castle yeah yeah he's like it's definitely different alice does send gaius off to kill uther and uh, with her bad medicine but this is when I get the scene that I can't stand. Like Merlin's outside. Now, the truth is when they're when they show the shot of Alice and Gaius home, they have the plate set out for him. They haven't kicked him out, but I don't think that Merlin feels welcome. Like he's welcome. Yes. And I'm like, oh my notes are OMG. Dinner time with Merlin and Gaius is over. It's sad. It's sad. I'm like, he's just homeless outside. He has nowhere to go. Arthur doesn't have a room for him. I don't know. That's so sad. Literally, I'm like, there's not a room for him in the castle. He doesn't get to have dinner. He hasn't had food. But he gets inside pretty quickly because the bells ring and Uther is dying. <laughs> right. The, the bells ring and maybe Alice figures like, oh, he'll have his room back as soon as like I get guys arrested for murder. <laughs> so, that's fine. So it's all good. The bells and I'm just like, here we go. This is a rule that's very hard and firm in the Camelot universe. Like the bells go off. Someone's broken out of jail or... Uther or Arthur are dying. Yep, pretty much. It's only used for th for two those two things. Either run to the dungeons or run to Uther's room. <laughs> Gaius still won't listen to Merlin. This hurts so much when he says, your place is by Arthur's side. Because that's not what he's saying. That's not what he's saying. He just dismisses Merlin completely. It's so sad. Well, it's sad because what he's saying is, your place is not by my side. Yeah. And ouch, just, uh, it's kind of heartbreaking this episode in a lot of ways. By the way, he goes to Arthur and Arthur is smart in this episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, he goes by elimination. Arthur detective mode. He gets there pretty easily. He's like, well, it can't be his food. We find out that Uther has a, a food tester. Right. Which I feel like he should. And good. We've never said it, but I've just assumed it this whole time. Obviously. He's in detective mode. It kind of puts Merlin in a situation where he has to say it's Alice because he's about to assume that it's Gaius. But Gaius doesn't know that. And this is like one of my pet peeves during shows where I'm like, hey, just say the sentence out loud. Just tell Gaius. Don't say I had to. Say like, well, he assumed it was the medicine, so I had to say it was somebody. I had to say it wasn't you. Oh, I don't know. But at this point, I'm like, Gaius, wake the fuck up. Like, you know that it's her. He knows. Back home, he does know. He says, Alice, don't lie to me. It's not like Uther has some subtle thing wrong with him. He's got black eyes. <laughs> it's obviously magic also. And, and Gaius knows that that was the only day when he didn't make Uther's medicine. Like, come on. If she wanted to be like a clever bad guy, she would have like kept making his medicine every day for like a few weeks and then done it. Yes. <laughs> Just saying. The guards come and... That's all that Merlin says is it was it was her or you, which I guess sums it up. But I'm just like, be like, you know, you could just say Arthur figured out it was the medicine. So I had to say something. 
What do you want me to do? Let you die? But he gets mad at Merlin. Be like, oh, that wasn't your choice to make. Yeah, he kind of was. Pot, this is Kettle. You're black. Because he already did this to Merlin in the episode where Merlin was in love. He did it to him already. <laughs> he turned her in. Yes. he. Kn- I mean, I guess that goes just goes forward to show that when you're inside of a situation, you don't really see clearly. Yeah, I don't think any of this is not believable. Yeah, this is how people act. They do it when they know they're right. But when you do it, they're pissed. <laughs> Totally believable. Actually, pretty accurate to how people behave. It would be weird to be like, well, I know I did it to you and I was right that time. So you must be right this time. That's not how he works. Still, yeah, he's super mad at him. This is when we see when Merlin sees Alice's manticore eyes in the dungeon. And at least he gets to believe that she didn't actually want to hurt Gaius. Yes. Although we're confused about this. As long as Merlin believes it. As long as the main characters are clear what their motivations are, we're good. We're fine. I do love, I don't know if this is always too quick to get to these moments, but I always love this kind of moment between Gaius and Merlin where forgiveness is given pretty easily between the two of them. I mean. Like, I think they know they have each other's best interests at heart. There's not a lot of wondering. Yes, and I feel, I feel once Alice is removed Kind of from the situation, guys can think a little clearer because he has to think clearer because now he's trying to save two people, not one. He's trying to save Uther and he's trying to save Alice. It probably helps that Merlin's like, look, she's not a bad guy. She's just under the influence of a thing, which if you'd listened to me three days ago, (laughs) you would have known that. And then he tells Gaius that is a manticore. Yeah, because he's figured it out. He did his own research without Gaius. Good job. Right. Good job, Merlin. I don't know how excited you were. I thought about that while I was watching. Like, how excited are you that the plan was for Gaius to use magic? Because I can't believe we didn't open with this. Uh, Amazing. Amazing. I'm like, this is the best. All of this, this whole episode, just to get to the point where Gaius uses magic. Like, come on. Yeah, you get this amazing shot of them approaching the box because it's shot from below the box. Behind actually, it, yes. Behind it and below where the box is sitting. So it's very, like, there's just a lot of tension and fear and around this object. I love that decision so much. It stuck out to me a lot because the show doesn't do a lot of those shots a lot of the time. Yeah. And it's probably better that it's rare because if you did it constantly, then... It wouldn't be so special, yeah. Yeah, they approach the box and... I wrote it again in my notes, like, the creature is so ugly. We get guys doing magic with full golden eyes. I know! So exciting! It was pretty exciting. Because I feel like this is the first real episode where guys is really talking about, I enjoyed doing magic. I was good at it. He didn't really, I don't think, at least till now, that we really heard him talking about magic like that. Like it was so much part of his life that he enjoyed so much and that he was really good at it. Yeah, because this is the first episode where someone from his past who does magic is actually around. So we even get the conversation earlier between him and Alice about what do you remember? Do you remember studying? Like he does remember everything. He hasn't forgotten anything. And that this is how they connected. This is how they spent their time. They did magic together. It's so sweet. I really liked, I really like seeing guys doing magic. I was surprised 
even though I've seen this before, but I never really watched it with this critical of an eye, probably. I was surprised because the box blows up. We There's no fire in this episode. You know, I wrote that down. I'm a tiny bit disappointed. <laughs> like, hey, how come you didn't set it on fire? I'm a tiny, tiny bit disappointed. But that's okay. It's okay. But I'm just like, hey, where's my, like, why wasn't that last little piece on fire? We couldn't just light that on fire. I know. <laughs> I was fully expecting that to happen. I'm like an addict. I'm like, can we just... <laughs> fire! Where's my like tiny little, just like a little flame? It's really interesting because Merlin's entire role here is just to hold off the manicure, which he's just doing physically. He's not even using magic. I'm like, don't you want to use magic? Also don't like it. The thing is too ugly. He keeps yelling. I don't like anything. I'm like, just kill it faster. <laughs> Get rid of it. Yeah, it explodes midair while flying towards Gaius. Thank the Lord. Yeah, the whole plan is actually for Gaius to do the thing. It's funny because I feel like Merlin would have had an easier time blowing up the box. <laughs> maybe, yeah. But Gaius would have had a harder time holding off the manicure. I think that maybe the plan was for Merlin to hold off because if he needed to use magic to hold it off, he would have an easier time than Gaius. Mm-hmm. They're lucky that the manticore went for the bait. <laughs> I know. Anyway, it worked. Success. It did work. And it's fun to see Gaius do magic. I'm happy for it. But of course, like, Uther gets better and is still himself. She's sentenced to death. Now, again, this we come to another episode where she's not sentenced to death for trying to kill the king. Because we've forgiven that because she was under the influence of a of a magical creature that was evil. But then, by that, by that reasoning, if you are forgiving her for trying to poison the king because she wasn't really herself, she was this creature, then she shouldn't be sentenced to death because the creature possessed her. Well, she's being put to death for her earlier crimes of just initiating this entire relationship with magic. That's the thing. She's not being put to death for anything that actually happened this week. She's basically being put to death for starting this entire thing with magic. Whatever. Oh, my God. I can't even start there. Whatever. I mean, it's true. She's being, she's being put to death for her relationship with magic to begin with. That's what Uther says. It's not because of the treason. It's for just being magical. Hmm. Great. Yes. In my notes, I have Uther is alive and Alice will soon be dead. <laughs> Did you actually think she was going to die? No. I didn't, but I had to write that down because, you know, I knew that that was going to happen. You're supposed to think she's going to die, but like who's ever been held in a Camelot dungeon? <laughs> no one. Honestly, since episode, episode one opens with an execution of a magical person. Since then, have they successfully executed anybody <laughs> that was held in the dungeons? Gwen's father. He got killed by a guard running around the castle because he was bad at escaping. I guess, I guess nobody makes to the day of their execution. <laughs> they either get killed trying to escape or they successfully escape. Right. It was just a botched escape plan. Morgana should have given him a map because he's not from the castle. <laughs> yes, that is true. See, Gaius made sure Alice got out. He was like, I, here's the way out of the castle, <laughs> not just out of the cell. Great. First, we get the scene between Alice and... And Gaius. Oh, this scene breaks my heart. I cried. They use a love theme here because it's usually just Gwen and Arthur's theme, but it's just the love theme of the show. Yeah. And I will never stop pointing it out because I'm in love with this piece of music. It's really sad because he still loves her. It's really sad. They like forgive each other, which is really nice. 
when she she says a line that I love, which is, it is, it's far better to die free than to live as a slave. And I love also that guys goes back and is like, let's hope that you're right, because you don't really know. And when she says, I don't want to leave you and starts crying, I start crying too, because it's so sad. It's so sad. It's, it's sad. so sad because they love each other. Because they love each other and they've already had a lifetime together stolen from them. It's, it broke my heart. Some episode's actually really heartbreaking. It really is. It really is. In the morning when the bells go off, of course, because like, of course she was going to not be in the, in the dungeon anymore. So escape. This is, this is something I love. Okay. Merlin, I think it's Merlin says, but the dungeons are so secure. Yes. Hashtag lots of sass because he knows that lots of people have escaped. Yeah, I love a show that doesn't take itself too seriously. Because that's what's happening here. Yeah, like a show that can just poke fun at itself. It's episode thirty-five. We're about we're just over halfway through the show, and we know no one ever stays in the dungeons. And for the writers to be like, let's just make a joke about it. It's great. It is great. And this is not dinner time. It's like morning time, coffee time. I still kind of like circled it on my Merlin bingo because I feel like it's it's really the spirit. It doesn't, mean, it doesn't have to be dinner, but it's yes. the spirit of them sharing a meal. We just call it dinner time because it's usually nighttime when they finish. I wrote dinner time is back on my notes, so I consider dinner time too. Yeah. There's so much that happens here in this little bit because they're back to like their father-son relationship. Merlin does point it out. He could have left. He could have left with Alice and had the rest of their lives at least. What was left. Also, by the way, I forgot to mention this. There's like a mention made to how old Gaius was 20 years ago. And I'm like, what are you, 80? Excuse me, you're 70 years old now. You got your book in your 50th anniversary. I don't think, uh, 92 are you now? Sorry I skipped over that because I'm upset because... At the beginning of the episode, and this is funny because I've seen this before, but I never thought about this stuff. Oh, I did the math right away. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Before that happened, I was thinking like, oh, 20 years ago, I guess he might have been like 30 and he's about 50 now. Yes. That's when I thought to myself when she came back to Camelot. I forgot about that whole like 50. You're not going to remember that after watching a whole show. I thought, guys, is about like 55 years old. 20 years ago, he's 35. They got engaged. That's like a good age to get married. He's not a decrepit old man. He doesn't look that old. When she was like, you're 50th, I was like, no, no, you're not 70. That means that he's 70 or older. Well, yeah, you're right. It was his 50th birthday. We don't know how long after that the purge was. So like, he's like 75, something like that. Right, right. That's the thing. I'm like, you're over 70. I'm not, I'm not okay with this. He doesn't even look, I'm not okay because he doesn't look that old. No, no, you're, you're not almost 80. You're not. Look, I would say like 60, yeah, but not 80. Well, especially if it's a medieval time. People don't live to 100 and people don't age well. <laughs> people have died at 45. So no, this is incorrect. Old age is like 50. What are you talking about? Okay. I'm sorry. I'm mad at the writers for that one because I'm like, he's not between 75 and 80 years old. He just isn't. <laughs> yeah. What a bizarre choice. It was weird. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know we can do math, right? It's been 20 years since the Great Purge. <laughs> no, he's not 80. He's not. He's really not. Ah. 
But yeah, he doesn't go with her. He chooses his life that he's built and this father-son relationship he has. Yeah, I think Gaius also, I believe that he holds a notion on the whole destiny thing. And he chooses to stay because he thinks, he believes that that's the right thing. A lot of the choices made here by everybody. Merlin, Gaius, and Arthur are all motivated by a sense of destiny. Yes. And the dragon. We do get the justice slice and he gives him <laughs> the tiniest the Tiny, little. tiny slice. And they laugh it up. And this is what dinner time with Gaius and Merlin is really about. It's about having a good laugh over food. Oh, God, I love them. It's a good way to end because it's like a rough episode for the two of them. And I'm like, thank God. Yeah, they have each other. Oh, they do. So next week on Merlin. Oh, fuck you, Morgana. I'm glad you said that. Like, honestly, I'm so angry at this preview. You are? And I can't even. Hi. Oh, you can tell me. <laughs> I can't tell you and I'm upset. I'm just mad because there are certain things that I don't want you to know until they happen. Because I was like, I hope she didn't notice. I know what you're. I know that you're mad about it, and I know what you're talking about, and I'm not gonna say it because we're gonna talk. No, about you can it. say it, but I'm not gonna answer it's anything. Gonna... Merlin, Merlin, sorcerer Merlin. I know. I'm so mad at them. <laughs> Obviously, I was like, "Ooh, what is this?" And I do wish that they hadn't shown me. They could have just said that. They could have played that line and showed nothing. Showed a clip. What is wrong with you people? Clearly, reveal shot. Meant for a surprise reveal, so why would you put it in a preview? It was like one split second, but you, if, I mean, if you know anything about the Arthurian tale and anything about Merlin, you glimpse and you know what it is. There's no way to like trick you into no thinking that's something else. I saw that and I was like, what? That's in the preview? <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Everything is still very much up in the air for me what that really means and what how that's part of the story but yes i did see it the things that i'm excited about are still secret so i can just let it go with that and know that next time i see you we will come to a very important episode of merlin for me <laughs> i'm very excited i'm excited too finally but i say this every once in a while on our podcast i was waiting for this i have you watch a show right and i'm like there's like 10 15 moments i want to discuss <laughs> So when you're doing a podcast, you're like, well, now I have to wait 35 freaking episodes till that moment gets here. So we've gotten to a moment that I'm excited about. Like I said, it's still a secret. It really is. I don't, I cannot even imagine what is going to happen. That's the good thing. So I'm really interested. I can't wait. Well, with that, we'll see you next time on For the Love of Merlin. Thank you. Thank you for listening. See ya.